Business Books. Business Books. On The Money Show. Uh, well, we've been talking about it most of today, the influence of war over the past 100 years on the economy. 100 years ago today, World War One began. But it's not only about wars, it's about politics, it's about failed states, it's about governments who don't work out so well. And... Uh, if I think of Harold Macmillan when he said, can you, hear, uh, can you hear the winds of change sweeping through Africa and things like that? And if you look at Germany, a hundred years ago, then they went through the Second World War after that and absolutely decimated. So joining us to discuss this is the author of Why States Recover. And this is a positive thing for a change is Greg Mills. Greg, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. And I'll say a positive thing because we've just gone through the NUMSA strike and feeling very down this evening about and all the rest of it. But looking, it says over here from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and just going through your book. Let's start with Germany. Okay, it's been 100 years, right? Germany, we had a situation, they had a situation when they came out of the First World War and they'd been decimated. Adolf Hitler came along, went to the beer halls, stood on the, the tables and said, follow me, you're going to be fine. They were fine for a while. Then they wouldn't. Then they weren't. What happened, say, to Germany after 1945? It's a lot different today. Well, Germany, of course, is, a, is, is an example of you have the foundations of a modern, skilled society and economy, uh, and you have on top of that, of course, the, the rise of Nazism and, the, and, and bad politics, as it were, how quickly and badly things can go wrong. After the war, ridding yourself of bad politics, but retaining that level of skills, albeit you know, severely mangled as a consequence of the war, plus uh, international capital in the form initially of the Marshall Plan, and things very quickly came right. In many ways, Germany's success is sort of de- was deferred from 1914. If the Germans hadn't gone to war in 1914, they probably would have become Europe's superpower much sooner than they did. Uh, mm. It delayed things by, you know, 80, 90 years, as it were. But how do you get things back on track with Adolf Hitler saying, right, come with your autobahns and we'll give you all jobs? 1945, things were absolutely in, in absolute ruins. I look at Afghanistan now, another thing, and you've spoken about it in your book as well. Afghanistan has also been obliterated by, by what's happened. The first lesson is I think you've got to get the politics right um, and then you've got to get policy right uh, and you've got to have local ownership of the problem as well as the solution. And those three ingredients plus you know, local level security, security of investment, that's the basic formula. Uh, but absolutely key in all of this is, is leadership. Uh, and President Mbeki has said, you know, conflict is a result of bad leadership. I think he's absolutely spot on. But it's not just bad leadership at the top. It's leadership all the way down the totem. It's leadership at the bottom. It's leadership in business. It's leadership in civil society and academia. Everybody has to play their part. They can't just simply say, oh, it's somebody else's responsibility. And I think in society we tend to sort of devolve responsibility mm-hmm. onto others. We have to also play our part. So this this, this formula, as it were, of leadership, uh, of insiders having owning the problem and and all too often whether it's a place like afghanistan or indeed many situations in africa we we tend to say oh the outsiders must help us the outsiders must come and have a martial plan uh, um, I, I was recently in, in Burundi. I spent the best part of a year on the African Development Bank's high-level panel on fragile states mm. and interviewing virtually every Burundian minister we came across. They all said, oh, we need a Marshall Plan. It was somebody else was going to cure them of, of their set of challenges. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be about a local solution, about ownership of the problem. Yes, you'll get international capital and assistance, but it's not the magic formula, the the magic recipe for, for fixing things. Are these different solutions, though? I know after 1994 in this country, we had a lot of Australian uh, people come over, consultants saying, this is how it works for us in Australia, but it didn't necessarily work for us. 
Well, I think there are some ideas mm. that translate across boundaries, uh, but generally you're going to have to you know, adapt them uh, as best as possible. Much of the last 10 years I've spent trying to cherry-pick good ideas from across the world, whether it, and it's not just you know, take a European idea or a North American idea. It's ideas from Southeast Asia, from some unusual countries that I've covered in the book. A lot of exper- time spent in Central America. I've just come back from a, a month working with the Colombian government, taking 12 uh, African decision-makers uh, to Colombia to see how they, in 15 years, converted the country, literally, in their own words, from a failed state to something far more prosperous today. These are good ideas uh, in, in terms of, of what can be done. And perhaps the most interesting and useful ideas is when you have a crisis, use it, have a good crisis. <laughs> you know, all these countries that have enabled turnarounds, whether it be Vietnam as a result of their rice famines in the mm. mid-1980s or Colombia, given the, the sort of narco-insurgency by the late uh, 1990s, they've all chosen to have a good crisis to, to put good policy into, into, into place and to improve their political environment. So what do you do then? I think you spoke about Venezuela in your book as well. And what do you do with a Hugo Chavez who comes along and he's a dictator and he wants something a certain way? Things don't pan out the way he thought they were going to. He's slightly more crafty than a dictator because one of the things the book does look at mm. is, is the rise of so-called authoritarian democracy. Situations that that, that profess to be democracies, they have regular elections, but actually their inner stuffings are far more autocratic. Um, I mean, what Chavez is all about is, is short-term populist urges, uh, short-term policy measures to deliver to people uh, for a very brief, limited period of time, basically through redistributing oil wealth in the case of Venezuela, uh, and then uh, paying the long-term costs of a lack of investment in the oil environment as well as in other sectors of society. It's going to end in tears. It's just a question of when. The reason why it hasn't ended in tears until now is because Venezuela is sitting on is floating on oil, oil yes uh, and and those short that the cost of short, such short termism which is repeated throughout that throughout this this new book is really a lesson for all of Africa you know there's there's a short way to do things it generally ends badly uh, there are long term measures it's not rocket science everybody knows what they are let's unpack this and a lot of people would be saying tonight this I don't uh, agree with it whatsoever what about nationalisation if you listen to say EFF on the one hand uh, they want to even nationalise the sea. Well, you know, uh, the book does go into this. Uh, if you have um, uh, policies for a black and white TV age, you're gonna, it's going to end badly. We live in a digital colour, flat screen world. Uh, we've got to have the policies that engage with the international community, not just physically, but also digitally, uh, and uh, give people what they want in terms of external investors. If 97% of the global economy exists outside of Africa, which it does mm. in capital terms, uh, in terms of trade, uh, then we should be trying to get a bigger slice of the 97%. It makes a lot of sense. Not isolating ourselves through protectionist, mercantilist, nationalistic measures uh, such as some political parties advocate. It's just not a long-term recipe, and it's shown not to be so by the success of others. Looking at Zimbabwe, and of course that would be the next big question, is the question of Zimbabwe. What happens? Because they're looking now, moving away from the US dollar, even that hasn't worked out for them, going towards the rand. What should they do? What should be the five steps that they take now? Well, the problem they have, of course, they can't simply meet... uh, uh, monthly payments of the civil service. They, they don't have sufficient jo- dollars. They're not generating sufficient dollars. And, and this has led to you know, a, short, a short-term uh, crisis uh, in terms of liquidity. Uh, what they have to do is stay the course. Uh, if they go back onto the Zim dollar, I'm afraid it'll be a short-term, very, very short-term solution, uh, and it'll 
it'll end as badly as it, the situation was in, in trillion-dollar terms back in 2009 before they introduced the U.S. dollar. The RAND makes in some ways much more sense because they are give, given the geographic location. Um, but, mm. but many of their earnings, of course, are in, in, in U.S. dollars uh, in terms of some of the mineral exports. So, you know, it, the, the right answer in 2009 under then 10 diabetes uh, a, a ministry was the sort of mixed formula. But the, the problem is not so much the shortage of dollars as how much they're spending uh, and, and the lack of productive uh, assets within the economy. That remains fundamentally the Zimbabwean issue. And, of course, that reflects a lack of political confidence. Mm-hmm. Should we get back to Colombia? I find it really interesting. They, I mean, if I, if, 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 if I think about Colombia, I think about the Medellin uh, drug cartel. I think Pablo I, Escobar. Yes, yeah. exactly. I think mm. about big problems. I'm never going to go there. They will shoot me. That is perception. That is a perception that I have, which is probably totally wrong, isn't it? It's totally wrong now. And, uh, but it does show how difficult it is to, to uh, deal with negative perceptions. I mean, once a, a negative perception has been created, uh, it's very hard to unwind that, to change that image in people's minds. And that's one of the big lessons, I think, for, for Africa. It's, it's, it's easy to make things go wrong. It's much more difficult to put them right. And, and there's a sort of a, a maxim in this regard that the period of recovery is at least as long as the period of decline, sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the perception period of recovery is much longer than the period of decline. But Colombia is a very long way away, way away from the sort of image of a, a mustachioed, uh, uh, you know, uh, Escobarian type character, it's 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 a country which exhibits, uh, uh, you know, good governance through most of the country. They've had to extend governance to the seventy five percent of the country that didn't have it fifteen years ago, and it's where SAB Miller is the largest investor. Mm. So South Africans have a real stake in Colombia. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, I know you push for time. Just very quickly, South Africa. What? Where are we going right? Where are we going wrong? Then. We've come out of 94 and uh, we've hit 2014 now. A few issues. Well, I mean, excellent lessons from South Africa's conflict resolution experience. This book uh, interviews more than a dozen mm. uh, heads, current and former heads of state, including F.W. de Klerk, and learning from his experience with political negotiations, including Pierre Boyoya, the, the president of Burundi, and also learning from how he yeah. negotiated himself out of power, which is a f- fascinating comparison to do. Um, so, you know, great historical record. But again, uh, you know, we need to have a good crisis. We need to, to put all these good ideas and into effect and to operationalize them. The National Development Plan being absolutely key in this. It's no good talking about it. African countries and South Africa is no exception in this regard are great at having vision statements or, or national development plans, usually with a date attached to them. Much more, they found it much more difficult actually turning, translating paper into reality. And South Africa is no different. We have to, to, to make some tough political decisions. Uh, and, and that goes to the heart of political will and leadership once more. I could chat to you for the rest of the evening. Greg Mills, uh, author of uh, Why States Recover, great to have you on The Money Show. Thank you for having me. And of course, it's a great book. It's a changing walking societies into winning nations from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and all the lessons behind that. It takes you quite, to quite a few uh, countries from Afghanistan through Venezuela, Burundi, Rwanda, and asking all sorts of things. What exactly is a failed state confronting authoritarian democracy, managing identity politics? Please do get, uh, get yourself a copy of it. It's a great read.